Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Tyler Brown. He's a podcast host and creator of the Wake Me Up podcast. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Selfishly, what we're going to talk about today is something that I really want to learn and get better at. But before we get into that, maybe let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'm from the States. I grew up in North Carolina. Very um, cool. Whereabouts in North Carolina? A small town, uh, kind of near the Triangle, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. But okay. where I grew up was like sort of on the edge of that. Um, okay. And so it was kind of like on the line of um, the country and, you know, not, we don't really have big cities here. It's not like New York, right. but um, the city, quote unquote. So it was actually a very interesting place to grow up because I saw that duality. Um, right. And, you know, we had rich kids from Chapel Hill coming to my high school. And then we had, um, yeah, folks who grew up on a farm. And it was really, it was, it was honestly a very good blend to grow up with as a child. I saw a lot of different things. And I think it really opened my, my mind to seeing that life is, you know, can be, can be what you want it to be interesting no I, you know what i got to actually go to durham a number of years ago for a conference and i didn't know what to expect not good or bad or anything but i actually thought it was like a really cool place to be like i it's beautiful there and like i know a lot of people from kind of the eastern part of the states were like oh i'm, I'm definitely going to retire down here and like they had already plans to to move right and i was like like sure it makes total sense because it's kind of this peaceful quiet town that would make a lot of sense and obviously college town you have the big baseball stadium and whatnot there but i don't know like something about it it was just fascinating to me and and not what i expected at all but in a good way yeah no you you said it very well it's it's a unique place um you get a lot of different things i mean i lived in cities for a long time and i love cities i definitely became a bit of a city slicker but you get a nice balance here. You can, you know, there's plenty of really great restaurants, uh, you know, good bars, there's um, music and shows, and we've got a hockey team and, um, you know, college basketball is huge. Yeah. But also I drive 10 minutes and I'm in a completely secluded state park and yeah. like at a river. And Which there's- is cool. It's great. I'm, there's and not a lot of places you can do that. No, hundred percent. And the tech scene is huge and like growing like crazy. It's popping. The amount of, uh, I mean, real estate here is insane right now. The, okay. There's a lot of people moving here from California, from, sure. I mean, COVID definitely fed that, but it was happening already. Um, and yeah, from Florida, from California, from New York, I mean, all of the places where it's, you know, real hot or real crowded uh, and people want to pay a little bit less. Sure. No, fair it's enough. A hot spot. So, 
you went to university. What did you take and why? <laughs> um, I, you know, my, I'm a person of many interests. Okay. And like everything in life, you know, it has its upsides and its downsides. Sure. So I grew up a huge band nerd. I mean, okay. total band nerd. Went to, <laughs> I went to band camp for like a month. That's every awesome. Summer for, I mean, I loved it. And, sure. Um, you know, humble brag. I was, I was actually quite good, and I wanted to go to, you know, college and play music, and I played the trumpet. Okay. And um, you know, I, I did everything. I got up early to go to zero period in high school to play in jazz band. I did marching band. Right. But you know, I was also like kind of a jock too. Like I played sports. I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm not like easily. I mean, who is you know easily categorized? Um, sure. But. I kind of burnt out on music uh, midway through high school, and so when I went, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, go heels, and <laughs> um, you know I was, you know, you're 18. I, I think we we set we set young kids, and they're still young adults, I guess, but they're still kind of kids up for failure. Um, I had no clue what the hell I wanted to do with my life, much less like what I should study, you know? So I was like, I really like science because okay. I do like science. I still love science. I love watching nature documentaries. I like learning about space and all kinds of things. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll study science. I'll be a doctor, you know, very much like white male middle-class conditioning. <laughs> okay. interesting. <laughs> um, and I got in, I started, uh, my major was biology at first. And I really liked it. Um, I, I loved biology. Um, what I wasn't super fond of was all of the chemistry and all of the ah. physics, the more sort of technical stuff. The thing, uh, you know, I, I, in science, I, I want it to be tangible. Right. I appreciate that there's a lot of stuff about science that we can't see with our own eyes. We need a microscope or we use mathematics to understand how physics work. I get that, but at that point in my life, I was like, no, I want to talk about cells. I want to talk about, you know, frog life cycles, all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, and I mean, candidly, I was a young man and I wanted to party and enjoy college a little bit. So um, I ended up switching my major to exercise and sports science after a few years. Okay. Partly because, you know, what I just said, but also I didn't really feel a calling to be a doctor. And that's sort of what I had just thought I was going to do. Um, so I switched over to um, sports science, um, which actually has ended up being wildly useful to me throughout life. I mean, issues I have, like um, injuries I have, things that are going on with my body, like I can, you know, I'm not a doctor, but like I can get, I can pretty much self-diagnose you know, most of your common issues, tendonitis or, you know, whatever I've got going on. Right. And I just really know how to take care of myself really well because of that. Um, okay. Understand how my body works. So it was, it was super useful. And, um, but the thing was, is, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about what I wanted to do with my life at that time. I was 20 or whatever. And I got to my senior year of, of college and I was, doing i was a good student i was doing an honors thesis and um it was actually about college basketball oddly okay. enough. um and my advisor was like 
hey man, are you are you gonna go to grad school? You need to go to grad school or, or something, you know? And I was like, yeah, I want to. I, I like school and I'm good at school and I want to keep learning, but I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. And so, you know, from my college major, it was typically what people would do that for was to do physical therapy um, or outpatient therapy um, or be a, you know, a trainer, an athletic trainer of some sort. Or if you wanted to go more like business route, you went and sold tickets for some major league sports team right so that right. was sort of yeah, yeah. that okay. was sort of the, the paved <laughs> paths and I, none of those really appealed to me at all okay and he, so he suggested you know why don't you think about law school um what i was writing about did sort of have a legal tilt to it um and in many ways i do have a bit of a lawyer's personality um i'd like to think i'm not your typical lawyer um <laughs> but um long story short i ended up going to law school um right out of college okay i moved to washington dc um and uh i did law school did all of that and ended up working at a big law firm in dc after right out of law school um and very quickly i was like man i don't think I should be doing this. <laughs> okay, interesting. Why? Um, you know, it just wasn't the idea of the law, like the concept of rate writing rules and forming the structure of a society. How do we incentivize people to be good people to, you know, create businesses that yeah, they can sustain themselves on and their employees, but also, you know, do something useful for everyone else in society and don't blow up the society while they do it. That's really interesting to me. The practice of law is, however, very, very different. <laughs> uh, and especially when you're fresh out of law school, I mean, you don't have, you have, I mean, you're basically worthless. Um, there's paralegals who were 10,000, like so much more valuable uh, to a client than I was as a, a fresh attorney. Um, and so a lot of what you're doing is sort of just like mindless. I mean, it's, it's glorified project management to a degree. Interesting. Um, kind of boring, like very niche research assignments and stuff. It, it just really wasn't very compelling to me. And on top of that, you're doing these crazy hours. Um, and I mean, I could go on for a long time talking about the things in the legal field that really didn't hit me the right way. Um, but to summarize, yeah, well, I stayed at that job for a couple of years. Um, I didn't want to jump out right away. Um, but I ended up moving to, well, sorry, let me back up. My, my thought was, I don't think that this job is right for me. I can't tell if it's being a lawyer in general or if it's just this, you know, working at a big law firm, maybe okay. it's not right for me. So I said, well, let's try something different. And so I, was lucky enough to get a clerkship, uh, which is basically, you're basically a judge's apprentice. It's kind of okay. the best way to describe it. A lot of people That's actually, cool. if you're not in the legal field, you may not know this, but a lot of, pretty much all judges have, they're called judicial clerks, right? So there's the clerk of court who like calls the cases and takes the papers. Okay. That's, everybody in the court's called a clerk, unfortunately. <laughs> there's judicial <laughs> clerks then, which is what I was. And 
um, those are attorneys and you're hired by the judge basically to split up the judge's docket. There's way too many cases for a judge to handle them all by themselves. So there was me and then there was another of me. So we had two clerks and we split the docket and basically you run those cases. Um, you know, you're doing all the research, you're preparing the opinions. Um, obviously the judge is making the final decisions and you're consulting with them all the way through. Um, and they, you know, revise your writing and run the hearings, but the vast majority of judicial opinions, at least in the United States are written by clerks. Um, so fun little fact there. So that's what I did. Okay. And I actually did really like that job. I had a really cool judge. He was the man. I mean, so <laughs> cool. He was young, really young. Um, and just, I mean, obviously, you know, federal judge, just pretty much a genius. Um, so that, that job I really liked. That was more of what I thought being a lawyer would be like. It was really heady. It was intellectual. We had deep conversations about like, you know, rights of, um, you know, people in jail, uh, whether someone, <laughs> what is reasonable doubt in a criminal case, like, right. great, you know, tough questions about life um, that you can't get perfectly right. You know, you have to make a hard decision sometimes. Um, right. So that I really liked the, 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 the thing about clerkships is they, they cap them. Um, they're really good training for lawyers. And so um, after my year of clerking was up, I, at that time, well, during my clerkship, towards the end of my clerkship, uh, I actually did a yoga teacher training. And that's sort of, um, cat was the catalyst for, the major catalyst, there were other little things along the way, the major catalyst for sort of where I'm at now. Okay. Um, and... So that was in like May of that year. And then I finished my clerkship in August. And so okay. over that summer, I was, you know, applying to jobs and I was really like deep in my own head about, geez, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I don't, I don't think this is what I should be doing being a lawyer, but also, you know, every other signpost that I've ever been shown in, in society is like, nah, you should do this. You know, you should, you should follow a paved path um safe it's you know comfortable life this and that whatever um but the yoga teacher training really just like evacuated a lot of that i don't even know what to call it stuff okay out of me that sort of conditioning we have from childhood you know comes from like movies and you know your parents and all everywhere um and um so I, I wasn't, I hadn't really like settled with it yet, but I, I actually did look at, actually almost started my own business right before the end of my, my clerkship. I looked at other non-legal jobs. The reality is I felt kind of guilty to my judge uh, if I didn't go take another legal job because he invested a lot of time in me, training me. Um, clearly could have hired somebody else who did want to be a lawyer their whole life. Um, and um, so I ended up taking another legal job, uh, okay. for about six months and that job was honestly, was pretty fantastic <laughs> uh, on paper. I didn't work a crazy amount. It worked like, you know, nine to five thirty, pretty normal work hours. I made right. good, good lawyer money. Uh, my office like overlooked 
beautiful downtown views of LA and like the mountains in the back. And, um, <laughs> yeah, sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds really horrible. But this is the thing is like, I was miserable. Right. And so I was sitting there like trying to figure this out, you know, like I should be happy. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at is like, is this unhappiness that I'm feeling coming from like a lack in other areas of my life? Like, am I putting something on work that it's not my work's fault for me having this feeling? It was no, it was work. I was miserable all day. And it really just smet, smacked me in the face eventually that dude, what you're spending like eight, nine hours a day doing, you just don't enjoy these like small tasks of what a job entails. You know, every right. job has its tasks and most jobs like, you know, a lot of it's not pretty, you know, <laughs> just like, you know what yeah. you and I do, you got to upload audio. You got to, yeah. I don't know if you edit audio, but yeah, somebody's got to, and like yeah. it, it gets tedious, you know, and it gets boring, but every job is like that. And if you love the thing that you're doing, like you can't, you, you can deal with the little tedious annoyances and you know, I just, it just kind of smacked me in the face that I didn't really love what I was doing. So yeah, I lasted at that job for not very long. Uh, I quit. Um, I did work for a little while so they could hire a replacement for me and train them. And um, yeah, I kind of went on like a couple month, like soul searching uh, adventure, I guess. All right. Um, I, I did a lot of different things. I taught a yoga thing. I learned, taught myself to make websites. I really had absolutely no clue what I should be doing, but I did feel that like, I've always had this creative side. Um, excuse me. I've always had this creative side and part of me is also logical. Like I said, I do have that lawyer in me, Right. but I think that's what was starving in me while I was a lawyer was like, dude, you don't have any creative outlet. Um, you're not building something new. You're not nothing, nothing. Um, it was very dry. And so I felt that whatever I was going to do needed to have some sort of creative aspect to it. Um, so yeah, fast forward a couple of months and um, I started, <laughs> I kind of weaseled my way in at this very new company um, making sleep content. And that's what I still do now is my day job. I make sleep podcasts and um, bedtime stories and soundscapes and stuff for apps. And um, shortly after I started there, um, I got down and finally started doing an idea which I had had for quite a long time, which is now my podcast, Wake Me Up. Um, in fact, one of the things I was thinking of doing during that sort of soul searching period was learning to code software development for right. mobile apps and stuff and making this this app that I uh, wanted to make. And when we started doing podcasts at work, I was like, oh man, duh, I should do this as a podcast. It's way easier, <laughs> way less overhead. You don't have to, you know, spend hours and hours and hours like setting up the user interface and like fixing bugs and, you know, dealing with Apple's uh, um, code review and all that. So I started a podcast and yeah, I guess here I am like two plus years later. That's awesome. So you mentioned it, but what's the podcast called and what's it about? Right. Uh, it's called wake me up. Okay. And 
what the podcast is designed to do is to be sort of like a positive morning routine uh, companion kind of thing. Right. Um, it blends mindfulness, uh, meditation, and motivation here and there, um, sort of to help you get out of bed. You know, <laughs> I it, and it comes from personal uh, personal experience. I've always felt like alarms are just the worst implementation of a great idea. Hundred percent. You know, why should we wake? I mean, I think there's actually studies about this that like pressing the snooze button repeatedly every morning jolts your heart oh, wow. um, just you know and doing that thousands and thousands of times over the course of your life is like really not good for you um and i've always felt like there should be a way more pleasant way to wake up such that i don't hate everything and like <laughs> i don't feel pissed at the world for like you know and the sun for just showing up yeah. when it's supposed to show up and yeah. um you're describing it's, me to a T right now. <laughs> it's it's so many of us, you know, and we all have our different reasons, you know, why we're slow to get up. I mean, look, bed is comfortable, you know, it's warm. It's cozy. Yep. Yep. It's uh it's definitely any way you look at it, um, it's an uphill battle going from something really comfortable to like having to exert energy and like start doing stuff. Um, and so that's what I try to offer with the podcast is um just a nice guided way to get you out of bed, start your day and feel good about yourself. And, you know, I encourage you to, there's a lot more in, in the weeds of the show than that, but that's the, you know, the high level idea of it. Very cool, man. I, I think, and we, we talked about this before. I was very skeptical of meditation and all mm -hmm. kind of the mindfulness stuff. And, I've really tried it kind of on and off successfully, like for months. And then something will happen, like I'll go on a trip or it's vacation or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, um, or it'll be like a Christmas break or something. And I, like I get out of it and then I have a hard time getting back into it. And I know mm -hmm. when I'm in it and it's and I'm doing it, it's working and I can see the benefits, but it's just it's hard. And I think a lot of people struggle with that as well. And I'm also trying to like, not be so hard on myself when I s slide and struggle with that. But what are your thoughts or advice? Or how do you help people like myself that know they should be doing it, have found value in it? And, but still struggle with it sometimes? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, which it, it, most people, if they're not like routine meditators, they fall into two camps, which is they kind of see it as like frou-frou and they just haven't done it yet. Or they're like you and they've done it and they're like, oh yeah, this is nice and makes me you know feel better. But it's sort of implementing it into the daily life that becomes hard. Totally. Um, and so, you know, I, I would say a couple of things. First thing first is meditation is you don't, you need to figure out like think about it like exercise right okay so you you love to run or you love to go to the gym and lift weights or you like to do yoga or you just you know want to play basketball or tennis with your friend you know whatever it is for you it doesn't it really doesn't matter that much the point is that you're being active right right you're getting your body some exercise you're getting the blood flowing um that's what matters 
It's the same thing with meditation. Meditation, mindfulness too, they kind of run together, um, these buzzwords. So what's uh, the difference? Or maybe describe each one of them just so we fully understand. Sorry yeah. To you off. No, totally. Um, like I said, they run together. Meditation, I would say, is a specific type of practice, right? Okay. Whereas mindfulness is more of a way of going about life. Um, okay. So like you would go about life mindfully, right? Paying attention to how you're feeling, paying attention to how your body's doing, paying attention to what you're eating, basically just being attentive to yourself. And here's where it gets confusing is that's basically what meditation is, right. is being, being attentive in the present moment, right? Am I scarfing down my dinner, like watching YouTube, or am I like actually enjoying each bite and be like, oh yeah, I made a tasty dinner tonight, you know? That's technically meditation. Um, and if you go to places like, you know, you go to a, a, a yoga retreat center or like some Buddhist uh, temple or something, you know, somewhere where you can go do like a meditation retreat, oftentimes you'll do walking meditation or you'll, um, you'll have silent meditation while you eat. So you don't talk while you eat. And that's okay. considered a form of meditation. So it's totally understandable why people get confused. And it's, I mean, it's true. The words are in certain instances sort of interchangeable. Um, but the way I sort of think about it is again, meditation is, is like more thinking about it as a practice, right? I'm going to sit down on my chair or whatever and close my eyes for five minutes, or I'm going to do some breathing exercises, or, um, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm not going to listen to music and I'm just going to go for a walk in the woods listening to things, um, you know, the birds and the whatever is going on around you, being present. That's the practice of meditation. And so I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. And, or they struggle with implementing a practice into, the, into their life. And so that's, that's sort of my first point is going back to the exercise thing is, look, I, I will definitely not diminish the value of sitting quietly with your eyes closed for long periods of time. The, like if you, if you have time to go to like a you know, yoga retreat center or something like that, where it's implemented into your day, go for a weekend, go for right. a week. The, like the insights and the peace you will find with yourself. I there's, I just can't put words to that. Uh, it can only be experienced, but that's just not feasible for a lot of people or they're like, they're going to go to the Amalfi coast for their vacation, which I totally understand that. And I support you <laughs> going and living your best life. Um, but the key is like exercise, figure out what you like, what works for you. Like, right. I'll be honest. I don't sit down and I have a little meditation cushion. I have one right here in my living room. I don't sit down on it and meditate every day. Okay. Straight up. I don't, I do it probably well i go through phases where i know that i need to meditate um, like if i got a lot going on or something's like stressing me out then yeah. i'll sit down and do it but i have a quiet walk by myself no phone um for about 20 30 minutes almost every morning and for me that's my meditation you know that's okay. the point is to be there with yourself be like, what's stressing me out? You know, just kind of 
our minds get so wound up. We got yeah. phones, we got work, we got emails, we got people to call, we got, you know, rent bills, we got trying to build a new career, you know, have a side hustle, and like, you know, be a good parent, father, wife, you know, all these things, man. No wonder we're all stressed out. Um, like the whole, <laughs> you know, America is so depressed. And this is why, because there's way too much pressure on us. And we yeah. don't give ourselves time, like our time, our wind down time is watching Netflix or watching, you know, whatever sport, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or reading a book. You're putting more into your head when you do that, instead of letting your head solve problems that are already in there. That's what your head is designed to do, solve problems. And you just have to give it the time to do that. And it doesn't actually really very well. Um, so that's what I would say is like figure out a way to build quiet, undistracted time into your day. Doesn't need to be hours, 10, 15 minutes a day. And the key is no distractions. Like you can't go talk to your neighbors, can't talk to your spouse or your kids or your roommate or whatever. Like it needs to be you, no distractions. If you wanna have like some ambient music or something, fine, no lyrics though. You know, like the point is to not be putting something new in your head. Think about it like, you know, like a spring coil, like you wind it up and it keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. Like you have to let that to release the energy of that. That's like what happens in your brain when you keep putting more content, more things to do in there. You have to give that. Your brain isn't a spring coil, though. you know, you have to give <laughs> it time to unwind. It's like combing out the knots of hair. You know, interesting. Like you have to, you have to stroke through your hair with the comb. It doesn't come out in one stroke. Um, so it's really the key is time, giving yourself the time to let your mind unwind, and do that in whatever way works for you. And it's gonna take experimentation, and it's gonna vary at times in your life. Like, like I said, I go through phases where I'm like, man, I really just, I want to like sit down and like properly meditate and i will or um you know i've been to plenty of yoga retreats i, I mean like i love those things and, and that's why i recommend them is because if you do some really deep meditation like a phase of really deep meditation for a month two months yeah you will feel the benefits of the, even if you don't meditate regularly afterwards you'll feel the benefits of that for years and years. I mean, I still feel the, feel that way. Um, and so you, you know, it's just the practice of becoming attuned to yourself and then, you know, like, Oh, I am super stressed out. I need to take more time to meditate. And, um, so yeah, does that answer your, I think that answers your question. Yeah. It's actually the interesting thing that you said to me that, and was going to be my follow-up question and you kind of answered it is i think i've been doing meditation wrong in a lot of cases <laughs> because like i think the times where i get discouraged from it are where i try to sit in the proper pose and i got mm -hmm. a million things on my mind yeah. and i'm already i probably had too much coffee and i'm kind of jittery and i like i have like a million like my to-do list is so long and I, I'm trying to force myself to sit calm and meditate where if I just like, 
took my phone and listened to and went for a walk for 30 minutes and and used that as my meditation instead of like forcing myself to sit still when I'm yeah. not ready to sit still. I think that to me, what you just said was was kind of like eye-opening to me. And and that's why I say like I, I feel like I'm doing it wrong sometimes when I'm always trying to force myself into what we traditionally think of of as meditation. And right. it's interesting to me because um like I find sometimes like I'll go longboarding um on a nice night, like after the kids go to bed and I just listen to music. And for me, I never considered that as like meditation, right? I'm listening to music with lyrics, but maybe I need to change that. But to me, it's like that to me was like peaceful. And I never considered that as meditating, right? Yeah. I've been wrong about that. Here's the question though. When you're doing that, like, are you, you know, is it like you're being there with yourself? You're enjoying the moment, like, you know, these thoughts and problems that you're having to deal with, like, you know, whatever your daily issues are, they're coming up and like you're sort of processing them. Like, is that what you're doing in that time? 100%. Then you're meditating. I mean, yeah. I think you, you, again, you hit it on the head. Like there's so, we have so much pressure in life. Meditating is a no pressure experience. If you're putting your pressure, yeah. you're putting pressure <laughs> on yourself and you're saying I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> like you're probably, you're probably, the only thing you're doing wrong is telling yourself that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. But like, and I don't know how you feel about this and you could tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I'm so tired of those lists the of like 10 things that successful people do every morning or yeah. 10 <laughs> things to get over burnout or 10 things to get over stress or whatever the thing is Click because right. they don't actually address what we just talked about. It's like, cause they all say you should meditate, but they never say that like, because when I hear meditation, it's what we just talked about. It's like, you need to sit on your mat and you need to be in the proper pose and you need to close your eyes. Well, you don't have to close your eyes, but like nobody talks about, you know what? It doesn't have to be the traditional sense of meditation. You can find meditation in riding your bike or longboarding or going for a walk or I don't know, whatever that is for you. Right. And, but nobody talks about that part of it with so many things in life. And that's what, has been so aggravating for me over the last few years with with figuring out anything in life do you agree with that or what are your thoughts around that i do agree with that i mean when you look back the you know sort of the ultimate goal of the like the og meditators you know yeah uh, buddhists and you know those people um like the ultimate goal was to be meditating in everything that you do. And all that means is like being present, you know, yeah, not interesting, not worried about what's going on over there. Like, you know, what your kid's doing in school, just like if you're cooking dinner, just cook dinner. Yeah. Interesting. And don't have the TV, you know? And so that's, I mean, I think that's really the goal is, is just to, and the thing that's funny is, if you're doing that, if you're meditating at all times of day and whatever you're doing, then you're living a mindful life, so to speak. So that's like, again, where the two words overlap. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Take the pressure off of yourself. Do what works for you. Um, because the most important thing is that you have quiet time to yourself. I mean, you don't yeah. spend time like 
there's no one in your life that you spend more time with than you. Right. And so like ultimately the whole joy in life is like getting to know you. What can you do? What are you capable of? What do you like? You know, what do you, what do you find interesting in people? If you think about it, that's really what you spend all of your, like when you, when you're free time, that's what you spend your free time doing, watching things that interest you, going and doing activities that, that you like, that you find fulfillment from. And so a lot of this is spending, just spending time with your number one, your best friend, and it's selfish, but it's you, you know, you can't be a good friend. You can't be a good coworker. You can't be a good leader. I don't care what role you're playing. You can't be good at it if you don't understand yourself and appreciate yourself, know your own strengths, your weaknesses. And that's really what this practice of, you know, meditation, mindfulness, whatever you want to call it, offers. Fascinating. You you have my mind. I'm thinking about so much stuff right now, but the thing that I also find interesting about what we're talking about today is I don't know, like I just look back on myself like three, five, even 10 years ago. And the stuff that I always thought was kind of hokey or, or stupid for lack of a better term for it, I end up doing as I get older. And like, if you would ask, I'm 39. And like, if you look back at 30 year old Kevin, I would have been like, like, why would you do any of this stuff that I do now? Like, I'd be <laughs> like, that's stupid. But it's so funny how I like you just try some of these things right and and it's hard i think that's the thing that the point i'm trying to get across is like i think i thought a lot of this stuff was stupid because i tried it when i was younger and i maybe half-assed it at best didn't try it for more than you know a few minutes or maybe an hour or whatever depending on what i'm trying and i didn't give it that like true shot that i wish i would have because i think i would be like a lot further along and i wish i was a lot further along if i actually didn't make like a half-ass effort and kind of mm -hmm. wrote some of these things off earlier on do you agree with that or what are your thoughts around that i mean i absolutely understand i've done the same thing but you can't beat yourself up about that sure. i mean you know things come to us you know life is very it has its phases certain things resonate with us more in certain phases you know Right. Like the first time, a really good example of, of what you're talking about for me is yoga. Okay. Like okay. growing up, you know, I was like, nah, I play basketball. Like I played lacrosse. I was like, boys, yeah, like, oh, let's hit each other kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, yoga is like for wimps or whatever, you know, that whole thing. But the first time I ever did yoga, I remember it very specifically. Do you do you remember those like workout videos, P90X? Yeah. It was like on a DVD, like yep. you got the DVDs. <laughs> Amazing. Me and my buddies in, I think it was like, it was either like summer in high school or like we were back home during summer, like in college or something. We're like, we're going to get jacked. And so we did like the P90X thing, right? And one of the videos is yoga. And so okay. that was actually the first time I did yoga and we were like laughing and like, all oh, these poses are stupid or whatever. But then like, I look at myself now in many ways, yoga may have like saved my life. Like I wow. was, I mean, I started doing yoga because my body was just under so much like 
uh, just horror. I was in a, I was seated reading law books, you know, all day long. Right. And I could just, I was like in law school, I was like 23. I was like, dude, I'm way too young for my body to be aching and like losing my posture. And so I went to yoga because I was like, well, I mean, I'll stretch, you know, that seems like the obvious solution to this. Right. Yeah. Um, and through that, I, you know, a started taking better, better care of my body, but B like, that's how I got into meditation. And I mean, headspace is how I learned to meditate with Andy. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've used that before. Interesting. So, I mean, that dude, you know, all the props to Andy. Um, but all of those doors, I mean, like where I am right now, what I'm doing with my time in life. Um, like I can't beat myself up about laughing at P90X yoga right. when I was 19 or whatever, because in some way, something in me when I was doing that, even though I was laughing at it, yeah. was like, oh, you know, maybe this whole stretching thing, like there is something to it. So, I, you know, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up about like not having been perfect and like having done more when you were younger. Like, you can't, there's no way for you to win that game. Yeah. The thing it the thing to take advantage of is like okay I'm here now, yeah, and I do like this now, so how can I like dive in and make the most of this right now? You know, it's like relationships. You have friends, some friends last a lifetime. You know, there's yeah. certain things that we all have that we're interested in our whole life, but other things we go in and out with. We have friends that were college friends or friends while we lived in such and such place, and you know, it's not that you hate each other. You just your lives went in different directions. And that's true about the activities we do and the things we care about as well. So just like you don't hate your old buddies from, um, you know, wherever you're the last place you used to live or college or growing up, like you don't have any animosity towards them just because you've moved on. Yeah. That's um, fair. So, you know, I, I don't think you can beat yourself up for, for not having taken, you know, something more seriously in an earlier phase of life. If, if it's landed in this phase, then great. Make the best of it. Yeah, I think that's actually really good advice. And I and I hope like just by us sharing these kind of stories, it inspires other people to maybe give something another shot, right? And mm -hmm. and take and I'm tr still trying to get better at this too, is like taking better care of myself or figuring out what works for me or what doesn't work for me. And I don't know if that journey ever goes away because it's hard and it's challenging to figure out what works for you or what you like or what you don't like because like i hate going to the gym for example because it just mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable like i'm just not that person right but i don't mind doing some stuff downstairs in my basement right so like mm -hmm. that works for me and i don't really like lifting weights for example so like i prefer running on the treadmill or going for a run outside or going longboarding or something like that it took yeah. me a long time to figure that out but it just, the, the sad thing is, is until I really made the effort and, and put in some time. And I think what got me really shifting my mindset, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts after is I've had the luxury of talking to some actual really busy people that run well-known companies just through this show. And, and, yeah. and they're busier than me. I will ever be. 
and I would consider myself a busy person. And I don't mean that to brag because I don't think it's being busy isn't something to brag about. I think I would wish I was less busy. <laughs> Same. Right. <laughs> and but what the point I'm trying to get at is like the CEOs of big companies that that have thousands of employees that their to do list is probably decades long and they could work constantly still find the time to go for that 45 minute run or workout or meditate or both every day or most days of the week. And so there's no reason I can't do that with somebody that's way busier could do it. I can do that. And I hope the listener takes that away as well and says like, you know, you can do it too. If you want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, the key life is an experiment. The key is to figure out what you like and just do that, you know? Um, and it takes time and part of it, part, you know, one of the, one of the things you just have to get okay with is trying stuff and not liking it and being yeah. cool with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you learn in life. I mean, I can plenty in my own life that I can think of where I figured out what I did like by first doing things that I didn't like. 100%. I mean, my career is a perfect example of that. Interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just a lot. You can't win every, every game. Sure, um, yeah. But every loss can, you know, you can, I'm of the opinion that everything does have, you can put a positive outlook on everything. I'm not one of those people who's like, crazy positive like the fire island guy like no that's not it like bad <laughs> stuff happens in the world there are problems but from like you know there's it's we live in a gray area life is not white and black it's not good and bad it is both everything is both and the sooner you can see that like you know 45 minutes spent at the gym and absolutely hating it and never wanting to go back to work out in public again like, great. That's still a win. You're not, yeah. you're not going to go waste your time at the gym doing something you don't like. You're going to like buy a treadmill or, you know, go for a run outside or you know, exactly. You're going to try new things. Um, and the more you experiment, the more, uh, the more you can make yourself happy. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with you, but we're coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, the podcast and any other links you want to mention? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just look up the podcast online, wake me up podcast.com. Um, you can find links there to, to go listen to it. You can also just search for it in whatever podcast player you use. I'm pretty much in all of the major ones, as far as I know. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you are interested in sleep stuff, go check out the work I do for, uh, we have apps, Slumber, we also have podcasts, Get Sleepy, Sleepy Bookshelf, Deep Sleep Sounds. Um, yeah. Very cool, Tyler. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it, Kevin. It was it was great to chat. Um, you as well, man. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.